past few years, we've heard the term free agents and been told we would all need to become one in order to succeed. The recent economic structures have helped to promote this concept as reality. Where do we get the tools to take control of our career path in the present and future? Welcome to The Career Confidant with your host, Marie Zimanoff. Marie and her guest experts are here to provide you with the tools you need to move forward and achieve your career goals. Now, here is Marie Zimanoff. Hello and welcome to The Career Confidant. We're glad you're joining us here today. And I know that we have a special group of listeners today who've joined us especially to hear our guest, Dr. Cheryl Minnick who is here to share about applicant tracking systems. And Cheryl, I know you spend a lot of time doing this research, so thank you so much for sharing it with all of us. Well, thank you for having me. I'm excited to share. Yeah, and you've been doing this for quite a while. I think it was almost three years ago now, that maybe even four years ago, that we did our applicant tracking systems webinar. It was. It's been four years, Marie, four years. And I've continued to research the systems at least once a week. I'm on some system trying to figure out how it works so that we can help a student uh, apply for an internship or I can um, help a client apply for a job. Yeah. And you're at the University of Minnesota and you help students with internships. So you actually get to see their applications, but then you get to see it from the employer's side a lot too. I do. I get to see the front end and the back end, and that's what's really exciting. Um, I was just working with uh, Microsoft to get some students' materials through for their internship, and I was able, I had someone on the inside who was um, working with me, and I would help the student with their materials according to the internship and the qualifications, and then submit them and was able then to call the uh, person, the, the I can't say this word, liaison, I can't say the word very well, and um, that person was telling me what went through, how it went through, how to change it, um, so it was very, very interesting um, when you think it's perfect, and then one thing went a little different, so I'll share a little bit about that, too, a little bit later. Excellent. So this is one of the most challenging topics, both for career service providers and for job seekers, because there's so much conflicting information and misinformation out there on the Internet. Tell us a little bit about why that is. There is so much conflicting advice, and I feel sad for us and for um, our clients and for students. The misinformation or the conflicting advice, it's all given with the best intentions. But there's about now 400 ATS on the market. Um, This is per technology advice, September 2019. And they all can be configured differently. So some employers um, configure their ATS like we do our cell phones. They can turn features on or off. They can build integrations into them. Uh, We can put apps on our phone. We can take apps off of our phone. We can um, put apps together into a little folder, and that's what they can do with their ATS. Um, Some ATS can send tailored emails to applicants Um, And different ones, depending on if they're an internal or an external applicant. Some can send links to assessments or background tests. Some can't. Um, It's no different than a flip phone to an iPhone. Maybe the flip phone doesn't have enough um, bandwidth, if you will, to do a video or a phone. It doesn't have the muscle. Some of the ATS just don't have the muscle. Some of them are smaller systems. Some have serious muscle like Talio. 
So the systems are all different, and what someone says or suggests to someone might be right about that particular system in that moment, but maybe not about another system. So we play to the most common denominator, and I think that's where the conflicting advice comes from. Not that anyone is not on top of their game or trying to, um, not doing their best. It's just very different. Like if I looked at your cell phone, it would probably be different than my cell phone, even if it's the same phone. We've just configured it differently. But they both take pictures and they both answer calls. So we yeah. the most common denominator, right? And we'll talk a little bit about those common denominators today. One of our colleagues asked if you had any idea or, or kind of generality around how many employers are configuring their applicant tracking systems or are most people you work with kind of working with it out of the box? Almost everyone's configured it in some okay. way. Which it makes it even more challenging. Way, right. Yeah, it might be a small way. It might be a large way. But you can even buy different features. So um, I've, the rep- recruiters that I've worked with that are using the applicant tracking systems, they have it configured for their needs and what their company needs and what kind of talent they're looking for. So I would, I'm going to guess nearly all. Yeah. And of course, I don't know every recruiter <laughs> in America, <laughs> but I would guess many, many of them. When we hear a lot, you know, people just need to go around the ATS. It's not worth trying to figure it out. People just need to go around it. Why do we need to care about applicant tracking systems? Oh, goodness, going around them. There's really no around them anymore. Um, We have to understand how the job boards are working and how everything's now interfacing with the applicant tracking systems. So, LinkedIn is interfacing, Facebook is interfacing with them, social media is interfacing with them. There's, it's hard to get around them. Um, you might be able to have an internal source who's going to take your resume, like I do right now with Microsoft. I could hand all the resumes to them, but they have to get through the system first. Um, and even the recruiter saying, okay, upload them, let's make sure we get them in, and then I can pull them off the other end. And that's even with um, people working with me and helping me. Um, so they're, the small and large businesses, they want to filter those resumes so that recruiters just see the cream of the crop, if, crop, if you will, So when you apply online, what we don't understand is the resume is not going directly to the recruiter. It's going and being processed through the applicant tracking systems. And then the applicant's profile information is the default data. So after we've created our profile and uploaded our resume, that parsing function populates the education and employment history from the resume. So I was just working with a student just two hours ago, and he had done this, and they were using UltraPro. And so he showed me what happened to his resume inside the system, and it was completely plain text inside the system. So we were able to see how things um, disassociated, and I was writing down how it disassociated and took screenshots so we could go back into the resume and reassociate, reassociate it, download the resume, recreate it, and put it back up. Um, a lot of work. It's just a lot of work sometimes. Um, but if you do have 
uh, network inside the company. There was a study, the Federal Reserve Bank of New York just did a study that found that candidates that were referred from the inside had a two, had a twi- were twice as likely to land an interview than all other applicants, but they still had to pass through the applicant tracking system. So even if we have an internal source, somehow we need to get it through. Um, and right, because they still want to follow their equal opportunity. And if you have a referral, yeah, you might move to the top, but you still have to meet the minimum qualifications by your resume. Correct. Exactly. And even if you are an internal referral, when the resumes are printed out and it goes to an interview, if you don't have the qualifications, then often the recruiters will say you are an internal ref- referral from home. They don't even, this, you aren't qualified for this job. So we have to make sure that the resume actually does match the job posting. So funny story, last week was the student that we helped got the resume done. The recruiter said, this is perfect. Shove it up into the Microsoft system. We were doing that. Um, and the student's resume kept getting blocked. No, and he kept getting rejected. So I called the recruiter back and I said, I don't understand what's happening. So we went back and forth, three phone calls, and finally I said, I think he did something wrong with his profile because I know it's not the resume at this point three times through. So we went online and looked, and sure enough, the student had put that he's graduating this May, and it's an internship for summer. He's not graduating, but he's going through graduation ceremony in May after his summer internship, he's he graduated. Right. So I just wonder how many students code their profile wrong with the wrong dates. How many people are doing that? So you see how the profile was blocking anyone from even looking at his materials because he had... Gone, okay, let's be honest. He was just way too fast and he was being sloppy in his profile. And he didn't understand the criteria say that you have to still be a student to do this internship. So if you say you've already graduated, you're automatically not a fit for the internship. Right. He was right. totally blocked. And so now I understand, and if there's any career counselors at a university on the call, now I understand that some students think that if they go through ceremonies, they are graduated, even if they have a few credits left to take in the summer. They are not graduated so I wonder how many are losing out to positions. So that that was just very interesting um, to me this week. Yeah. Well, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to dive really deep into some of the specifics around ATS and the formatting that may or may not be getting in your client's way. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. 
You hear about it all the time. Compromises, destructive malware, major breaches. You can't turn on the news without hearing about the latest cyber event. Learn more about cybersecurity, how it has become one of the most significant threats to our national security, and the battle experts undergo every day on your behalf to protect you, your families, and your data. Task Force 7 Radio with host George Redis is the voice of cybersecurity around the world. Tune in live every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Every business wants to succeed. Every individual wants to succeed. But with an ever-changing economy, how can you manage to keep things doing so well, even in times of instability? You can. Tune in to Thriving in Uncertainty with host Meredith Elliott Powell. Meredith and her guest experts have the answers you need to keep you ahead of the changing game in business. Listen every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Accept the challenge to succeed. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant, and today we have Dr. Cheryl Minnick with us talking about applicant tracking systems. And before we dive into some of the specifics, one of the questions I had from our colleagues was how often is artificial intelligence being used in applicant tracking systems? Some people have heard, you know, that it's being used a lot, and some people have heard that it's not really being used at all yet. Uh, My understanding and my experience is that artificial intelligence is being used more and more with the larger systems. But again, we need to play to the most common denominator, and the common denominator is just simple Boolean logic, a semantic search. So we need to use our and, or um, the HR recruiters will use and, for instance, about addresses. So I was reading um, a SHRM blog. I highly suggest SHRM blogs. They're fabulous. And if anyone's in SHRM, props to you. Um, the SHRM blog of all the recruiters talking about using these systems, and they talked about using the Boolean AND, A-N-D operator, in order to search for candidates so they can put in a requirement AND, requirement AND, and then a zip code so they could find someone in a certain zip code with two of the skills they're looking for. So it um, allows them a geographic radius, if you will, to search for Talia, uh, to search for talent. Now, iSIMS, I went in and looked at their program, and they use city names. You, they can use city names to search candidates, and Talio can use zip codes. So I wonder if that was just customized that way, and that's the way they're doing it now, or that's the way they've always done it. I don't know, but both can use zip codes. So I thought that was very interesting. 
Yeah, and we had a big conversation in our Facebook group about addresses, and people like to leave them off because, of course, they have security issues, and um, they can be cause for discrimination. However, if you don't make it through the search, you can't even be discriminated against. So it's important that we know that we need at least a zip code, and as you're saying, sometimes a, a city name. Right. So, you know, we do... Our clients, our students, they are setting up a profile in, in the, the system before they apply for the position. So that's where that information is being pulled from. So we're super worried about the resume, but really that information is also being pulled from the profile. So who's pulling from where? I cannot tell you for sure if they're pulling the zip code from the profile or if they're going to pull it from the resume. So there's that, one more uncertainty that we don't know, and that's where that conflicting advice will come from. Right, and it's always just cost-benefit analysis. Is the address or zip code going to cost my client so much that I'm going to risk leaving it off versus, you know, I'm going to put it on there and make sure that my client gets through the system if they're searching by zip code or put the target zip code if they're moving. There's a lot of different ways we can work that, but... We might be eliminating them automatically if we don't have anything in there. Right. And again, the the answer to the question is it depends. It depends. Are they staying put? Are they moving? Um, Do they have a house already where they're moving to? Maybe we put in the greater Seattle area on the resume, but in the profile we put the specific zip code. So it really does depend. You're right, Marie. And, you know, just as we're on the address um, topic here. Someone mm-hmm. was talking about um, headers and footers. And typically mm-hmm. we say don't put any header information, especially in page one, because Correct. they don't read headers, right? Correct. That's true. So you want to keep everything out of headers unless you don't care that it's read or not by the system. So when a two-page resume is printed within the system and seen within a system, there is no There's no page. It just scrolls on and on and on and on. So what you want to do is take that page two information and put that in a header on page two because then it disappears. So the resume free flows and it's just one continuous document within the system rather than all of a sudden in the middle of the document it says, um, you know, Jeff Smith, page two with his phone number. So... Again, and that's where some conflicting advice will come from. People will say, well, you can put stuff in the headers, and then others will say, no, you can't. And the answer is, well, it depends. Page one header, letterhead should not be. Page two could be. Yep. Let's talk about, um, and we might get into this a little bit more here, but I also see some conflicting information about like this will not let you get through or this won't be scored versus Mm -hmm. it just won't look pretty on the other side. So Mm -hmm. like a text box, right? A text box won't be scored at all, but it won't prevent the other content from being scored, right? Correct, correct. The text box disappears within the system because it's on top of the document. It's not in the document. It just disappears. It's as if it's not even there. But as it goes through the system as being scanned and scored, ranked, it disappears. However, if the information within the resume outside of the text box is strong enough and the candidate gets a high enough score, when someone clicks on the resume to download it, you'll see it as it was. 
So um, text boxes, you just need to think, okay, whatever's in here doesn't have to be super necessary to be scored, then go ahead and use it. It, it has not stopped anything that I've seen at all go through. Nothing. And graphics graphics are the same, right? The graphic won't graphics, get scored, but okay, the text. So, um, and we did that on the resumes, and they've all gone through. It's gone through. It hasn't tripped anything up. It's just not scored or scanned or ranked or anything. So, so what would thing, prevent a document from, like, absolutely nothing on it gets scored? Well, clearly putting the wrong graduation date works <laughs> not well. So there's some that weird little things. Work at all. Yeah, so um, I did talk to one recruiter, and she said to me that one of the things that she it frustrates her is when people are very, very careless with their profile, and the profile build boots them out and rejects the resume, which was interesting um, because that's what I experienced last week myself. So um, when you create your profile, when you answer your knockout questions, um, really truthfully think about the questions and think about the answer and don't leave it blank. So that is something that could knock you out is not answering a knockout question, not completing an assessment, not filling out the profile completely. That could really block you. I right, not following the directions that. is most yeah. more likely the problem than the actual resume itself. Yeah, that was that was a problem. Um, we were following. He, my student was following the directions. He just didn't understand what was being asked of him. Um, I, I wanted. I, I wish I could tell you exactly what the words she used was. Um, she said that um, when someone half blanks an assessment or an application. Um, or there's huge employment gaps, it absolutely goes into no pile. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Um, those are the only things I've seen for sure, for sure, not work, and I personally have seen not work. What about PDFs? Are those going to, could those come up oh, as a zero PDFs. score? Yeah, PDFs. Oh, PDFs. We love them. People are told to upload in PDF. We really need as a group to stop that counsel. That is erroneous counsel. Um, we use Simply Hired here at the university, and when someone uploads their materials in PDF, it's lovely. It uploads fine. It goes into the system fine. But what happens is the person is ranks zero score, and they're, um, you can rank your Excel list by last name or by score, Ours automatically does it by score, so that person's application is at the bottom of the list, okay? So if there's 80 applicants for a position, they're number 80 with a score of zero. How do I possibly argue with the search committee that I want to look at every single resume with a zero score? And then who's going to score it, me? I can't score it. I don't, I don't know how to score it. So it's a little bit problematic. I would not upload in PDF, um, Apple Pages, OpenOffice, HTML. I would not do that. Just use the common denominator word. Just use Word. Now, if, someone's go- if someone had a resume writer do their resume and it's beautiful, email it to people in PDF but apply online in Word. And that right, and there are a few do. systems that are starting to translate. Really what they're yeah. doing is translating the PDF into Word before they score it. 
But those yeah. aren't, I mean, that's, I think there's one of the big, maybe it's Talio now that's doing that. Talio. And so now everybody's thinking, oh, my PDF's fine. Right. Well, it might be fine for that particular system, but we don't know what system an employer is using, a company is using. Usually we can figure it out, but we need to play to the common denominator. But again, that's where the misinformation is coming from, is the answer really needs to be, well, it depends. But I would never upload in PDF. Even if someone said Talio's using it, I'd be like, yeah, I don't know. I don't think so. Not yet. (laughs) So... And I'll just kind of say this, all of the little mm-hmm. things that people talk about. I saw an article on one of the main websites that said you had to use a circle bullet for your resume to get through ATS. You had to use a circle bullet, like the little oh. round dot. And I thought, oh, my goodness, why are we making people worry about this? Because it doesn't matter, right? The we, bullets, we just the font. Five, re- five resumes just uploaded and went to Microsoft with square bullets. And a student just now I was working with had diamond bullets, and it was successfully uploaded and received on the other end by Ulta Pro. So I don't know where the just round bullet came from. I don't know. I don't know. But that's not necessarily true. Maybe that's Well, it may not. Nominal. I mean, the squares might turn into funky characters on the other side, mm-hmm. right? But it's a bullet. It, it doesn't matter it, if it it's might, a funky it symbol. Might, it might be when it goes through the system. But then when you... When you choose your top 10 people according to the ranking and you click on their um, profile or their, mm, when you click on their name, if you will, then you can see the little icon for a resume and you can click it open and download it or you can click it open and see a picture basically of the resume. And then it looks just like what was submitted usually. Okay. Um, it's, it's interesting. I think well, and we had, um, I had someone call me out. <laughs> I had someone call me out on a LinkedIn post a little while ago because our materials for our applicant tracking system guidelines, which if you have purchased on the Resume Writing Academy site, mm-hmm. don't worry, we'll be getting updated ones out to you for free if you've purchased mm-hmm. those or the webinar that Cheryl and I did a while ago. Um mm-hmm. Because we say that you need to use sans serif fonts. And of course, there are serif fonts that are fine in applicant tracking systems. Tell me a little bit about Mm. that. Oh, my gosh. Okay, to get ready for this webinar, I spent probably three nights doing nothing but reading about fonts through the applicant tracking systems. So, here's... Okay, so Microsoft does not support third-party installed fonts. So, my computer does not support third-party installed fonts. Everyone who has Microsoft, Google and see if Disney pops up. Disney font does not pop up. And when a student uses Disney font and sends things to you, it is just crazy. It's Greek. So sometimes that font is unrecognized and seen as what they call tofu, those little blank squares that have air in it. That's tofu. So then in Forbes, January 2019, Forbes suggests to use Arial Calibri, Tahoma, Verdana, and Helvetica. Those are the top best fonts. But then if you jump over to Indeed's Career Builder, they say Calibri, there's a similarity between the two, Cambria, not similar, Helvetica, similar, Georgia, Jill Sands, Franklin Gothic, Garmond. But then if you jump over to Monster, Monster says Ariel and Verdana. And then I went in and I took an iSIMS training a couple nights ago, and it says it can only read 16 fonts. 
And of those 16 fonts, and I printed out their training manual page, they'll probably shut me off their whole system now. (laughs) Um, It's just 16 fonts, and it's Arial and Calibri. Okay, those are the two that are similar. Helvetica, that's similar. Tahoma, Georgia, Verdana, and Trebuchet. I'm like, Trebuchet, well, it's the first time I heard that one. So the common denominator was Calibri, Helvetica, Verdana, and Arial. Then I went on to JobScan, and I was researching on JobScan, and it says Cambria, Garmon, Calibri, Helvetica, and Palatino. So now I'm super confused. Um, yeah, and, and I, I try what, not to. Um, I try not to call people out, but I've learned that for JobScan, I have to be careful because some of the JobScan stuff comes from people that have backend info mm-hmm. about ATS, mm-hmm. and some of it comes from the general resume writing public who may or may not really have any background knowledge. So JobScan is actually right. the one that published the article saying that you could only use round bullets, which mm-hmm. I know is false. So we have to be yeah. so careful about where we get our information, which is hard. Very, very careful. Very careful. But what I saw when I was doing all this research was Calibri seems to be pretty safe and Arial too and Helvetica. Um, and they're sponsoring fonts. So I, as, as of today, as of now, I think I would be safe with those. Maybe in a year or two, maybe the systems will start reading more fonts. Um, yeah, I find that interesting, though, and we'll talk about this when we get back, um, mm-hmm. why that is interesting that you're still seeing fonts called out as work or don't work. We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about the specifics and then some of the ways that you can stay up on applicant tracking system information. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Today we live in a truly global environment. Business can more easily be conducted now in almost any part of the world. How do you, as a business owner or professional, navigate the ever-changing business landscape? Tune in to Leadership Beyond Borders with host Kimberly J. Lewis. With a worldwide resource of guests, you'll find out what opportunities and challenges surround diverse and virtual organizations. Listen live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. 
Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant, and we're talking with Cheryl Minnick today about applicant tracking systems, and one of the topics we were just talking about was fonts, always a hot-button topic with resume writers, Um, and you were saying that there's different places that you found fonts, and specifically in the ISM's manual, the 16 fonts that they list, which some are serif, right, but not Mm -hmm. many? Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Well... A wonderful thing to do is to go ahead and if you can find out what applicant tracking system the company is using, and usually you can find the ATS has a branded logo. If you mouse over the apply and submit button, the URL um, might pop up. You can look in the... um, uh, the URL at the top, often at the bottom of the page, it will say powered by. And if you know, then you can go and take like the word iSIMS or UltraPro and put it in a Google search and just put UltraPro comma training manual or UltraPro comma font. And sometimes you'll get a YouTube video. So I did that with UltraPro earlier this morning for a student, and we got into a training video that Jockey had done for their recruiters about how to actually use the back end of the system. Now, we weren't applying for Jockey. We are applying for a different company that used UltraPro. So we sat and we watched this two-minute video, and the student was interested, I was interested, and so we learned quite a bit from that. Um, so that's one way to find out a little bit more about the system. Yeah, and I think I've it. caused some confer- confusion in this area because when we think about the system and it's reading the HTML of the document, it's not scanning it like a scanner anymore. It seems like font shouldn't matter, but what you're finding is that because it changes it into plain text, not all the systems can change all the fonts into the plain text they want to read. Not not all at this moment, but again, things are changing so fast, and I can't speak to all the systems. And for everyone who's got a question or they're helping a client or student apply for a specific position, go ahead and try to figure out what applicant tracking system the company is using, and then do your own research. Do a little research. Google the company. Google the um, the system. YouTube it. Um, Another thing that you can do is, oh, I forgot what I was going to say just now. Oh, I know. Um, If you are wondering about a company, like what system they use, go to Indeed and put in like HR director and then the name of the company and look for a job posting. Within the job posting, it usually says, uh, must be familiar with ATS, um, especially UltraPro. And you're like, okay, there we go. That's the name of it. And if you so don't want to do all this research, as you're saying, just go to the oh, common denominator and don't make it yeah. overly fancy, although it doesn't mean we can still use lines and shading and yeah. color, absolutely. right? None of those things. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, that right. all works for sure. Absolutely. Well, let's talk about keywords. 
because oh, keywords. keywords. Mm-hmm. Yeah, tell us tell us a little bit about why keywords matter. Well, the applicant tracking system is scanning the resume for a match toward the job posting. So as it scans, it's scanning and looking for those words and picking up the words and then saying, yes, this resume or this person is qualified. Let me move this person forward. But the thing we want to do is we want to support our client and our student with integrity. If the student or client does not naturally have those words or those experiences, then maybe that's a different conversation we have with them about um, not applying for that. Um, I'm working with a private client who's applied for, are you ready for this, 200 jobs and um, hasn't had any interviews. So we were talking about things, and he showed me five of the jobs he's applied for. He has none of the qualifications for any, but he said to me, and I quote, but I could do the job if I had an opportunity. So we had to have the conversation about how you read the job posting and look and see at the requirements and the preferred qualifications, and those are the things they want. So we need to appease the applicant tracking system and then attract the hiring managers with those value-added qualifiers, which might be found in a headline or a tagline or the skill section um, for the human eye, maybe above the fold. Um, But we want to make sure that they're natural and they're organic. They might be in a skill section, but then supported below as well. Um, We don't want to what's called keyword stuff where you just shove words in. Um, That doesn't necessarily work. Yeah, there was an article on this recently that the applicants who had, like, you had only had to have 50% to mm-hmm. make it. Um, but tell me a little bit about your experience there. What percent do people need to have to make it through, or is that subjective? I've seen, I've seen higher than that. I've seen much higher than that. Um, I do have a hint for everyone. This is a little hint. Um, if you can find four to five people with a similar role at a similar company in LinkedIn. Scroll down to the profiles of those people in those jobs and read their featured skills and endorsements because those key words have already been LinkedIn pre-optimized. So you can write them down and then repeat them in your client's materials if indeed it's true of them. Well, and I think that's one of the best uses of a paid version of LinkedIn because when you have a paid version of LinkedIn, you can go into job announcements and see the top skills of applicants once that job Mm -hmm. has 10 applicants. So I was doing that with one of my clients was looking through job descriptions similar to the ones he wanted to apply to and finding those skills that were ranking the top in the jobs. Right. And we can do that with people's profiles who are in similar jobs. Just look at their profile and scroll down to the bottom and see what skills and endorsements they've been endorsed for. So those are some optimized keywords there. Um, and again, the, the keywords should be sprinkled without, throughout the resume with integrity. Um, if they want eight years of mm, tax auditing, then the job that they have, if it has not been eight years of a job with the word tax auditing in it, we need tax auditing in all the different jobs until it adds up to eight years. So that could be booping someone out too. Um, uh, yeah, so, so, here's an, go ahead. 
Oh, tell me, and we can do this uh, after you do what you were doing, but okay. the I want to talk a little bit about synonyms and alike words. Okay. Okay, so one of the things you want to do with the cinnamon is you want to, um, on the acronym, I'm sorry, is CPA. You want the acronym, and then you want the word spelled out somewhere. And not all systems are muscular enough to, to look for a synonym. They're looking for the actual word. It's Boolean logic. It's not artificial intelligence. I can't tell you which system is doing what. So we need to pay, play to the most common denominator and use the exact keyword or keyword phrase. We also need to use the acronym and then the word spelled out. Here's another little hint is if your client is pretty strong for the position and they don't have like one thing. For instance, I'm working with a computer science student. He has, he's a graduate student. He has so many programming languages, but one of the languages he doesn't really know. And I said, if, okay, so you have everything. Do you have basic knowledge of it? And he said, oh, yes, I have basic knowledge of it. I said, do you have an understanding of it? Oh, I have an understanding of it. I just don't know it. So we were able to put that programming language on the resume and then parentheses behind it saying basic knowledge and understanding of. So mm-hmm. he will get a point for the key word and maybe he'll advance to an HR person to read it and they'll see he knows everything and 1,000 times more. He just doesn't know this one particular thing. So that was um, helpful too. So remember that little hint. Yeah. And... Uh, when you talk about synonyms, so if someone has, if the job description says develop solutions, if we put developing or developed, does that matter? Some For some systems, yes. For some systems, no. So that's where the confusion comes from. And I can't tell you for every system. So maybe put developed one where and develops in, in another in another position. So maybe they're currently developing safety policy, so developing, and maybe in the last job they developed safety policy. Right. And, and when and we... It's just not easy. There's not... It's not easy to say one straight answer. Yeah. I wish... And when was. we... We use those skills, we can use a table to organize skills, right? That's one of the other things I see oh. is that tables don't work... Yes. Mm-hmm. No, tables work just brilliantly. They're lovely if, because whatever is in the table, if it doesn't matter what order they're parsed in, then it will work. But we need to remember that the ATS read the tables left to right, top to bottom, very linearly. So it will be left to right, top left, top middle, top right. And then the middle left, middle middle, middle right, bottom left, bottom middle, bottom right. If there's skills and it doesn't matter in which, which order they're presented, then absolutely use a table. Just remember, left to right. Left to right. So we're going to take a short break and when we come back, we will answer a few more questions that we have and talk about how you can stay up on changes in applicant tracking systems if you want to do so or need to do so for your work. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. 
you know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Many industries have been revolutionized by technology in the last decade. Books, music, TV, communications, and now it's happening to our money and the way we pay. Tune in to Breaking Banks with Brett King for a look at how technology and customer behavior will bring about more changes in banking in the next 10 years than in the last 200 years. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific on Voice America Business Channel or on AM 1160 The Voice. You'll never look at your bank account the same again. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today, again, we're with Cheryl Minnick, University of Montana, and ATS expert extraordinaire, and Cheryl, we've been talking about keywords and, you know, as you said, it's from the job description. You gather job descriptions and or look at people who have that same job. And it's really not rocket science, right? It has to be things that you have that are also in the job description. And, yeah. and it has to be real. It has to be real. Can't make it up. It has to be real. In the words of a Disney recruiter, um, she said, I'm looking for what I told you I'm looking for, the requirements. It's lovely like you, that you like cats. I just don't care. I need to know if you have the required skills. So that's very important. It's not rocket science. But there's so much to remember and to think about applicant tracking systems. It's just there's a lot, and there's so much misinformation and it's given in kindness with the best intentions, but someone who's using UltraPro and a recruiter using it will say something, but that doesn't necessarily mean that's the way that um, Talio is working right now. So um, my husband and I have the same exact cell phones. I can't even figure out how he configured his now. I have no idea where anything is. And it's the same exact cell phone we bought the same day at the same store. Right, and it's one, but he got black. People are yeah. they're 
they're doing what they need to do to find the candidates, and it's all about finding the candidate with the qualifications. Now, one of the things I find confusing is mm-hmm. that are some systems out there that will, quote-unquote, score your resume, but what they're really doing is looking at a very basic one-to-one match from the resume to the job description, and if I'm understanding right, an ATS isn't necessarily going to be programmed that way because they're probably not going to program an ATS to look for excellent intercommunication skills, even if they have that on the job description, right? Right. They're, well, when you go in to an applicant tracking system and you're given a requisition as an HR person, and then you have to put in, you have a, on the back end, you can put in 10, 25, however many um, skills you're looking for, people are usually putting in the hard skills. So it's hard because the recruiters are telling us that the students don't have the soft skills like communication. So how do we tell them in a resume they have communication skills when I know the recruiters really look for Excel and pivot tables and SQL? How do I do that? So the best way to do that is with a great interview and a great cover letter and a tight, wonderfully written resume without grammar errors, that's the best way to do that. But they are looking for uh, keyword skills. If we were all looking for a nanny for our newborn baby and we wanted someone with infant CPR, we would put in infant CPR. That would be the qualifier. Yes, I want her to be friendly and warm and loving, but I want infant CPR. Right, and someone that has experience working in an, as a nanny or in a daycare. Yeah, you're not exactly. going to just search for someone that's a nice person because everyone's going to no. say that about themselves. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's a soft skill. Exactly. Exactly. So where but, can you know, people we, go to learn about applicant tracking systems? How can they stay up to date? Oh, I've got like about eight eight ways to do this, and they're fabulous. So you can go onto YouTube and then just query the name of the applicant tracking system, and you will find many, many tutorials that the company has posted about how it works. And it's they're really actually meant for the recruiters and the people who are using the software. So that's one great way. You can also Google the applicant tracking system and go to their company website and read about it. Um, you can re-re-listen to, I think it was a 2016 Career Confident session, radio session that Marie and I did. Um, Sherm Blogs, that's my new best friend, wonderful information. You can join in the LinkedIn resume writing groups. Um, those have some wonderful um, comments from other writers. Um, take webinars from career thought leaders and other resume writing associations or career associations. Um, Pat Crescido's training is amazing. Robin Schillinger, Robin's Resumes, her articles, her book, her trainings on ATS, they're both really good. And um, they started ATS and talking about ATS when ATS started. They're very good and very helpful. You can even Facebook them or send them a LinkedIn message. Um, The Career Thought Leaders Facebook page, you can ask colleagues. Um, One of the things we need to remember, though, is if there's 400 of them, they're not all going to work exactly the same. So, of course, there's not one answer. So we'll want to play to the common denominator. I think that's the most important thing. Um, And to know that no one's giving misinformation on purpose, but it is conflicting information. 
But talent acquisition is a $120 billion market. Um, 98% of the Fortune 500 companies are using them. They are not going away. Um, So we need to find, find a way to work with them. And, and to, to keep up on what's going on and keep talking to each other and keep questioning, not in a negative way, but keep questioning what, where, where did that come from? How did you find that? Where did you find that? So that we can determine what's applicable to our clients. Absolutely. And, you know, before this, I talked to a Disney recruiter or a Target recruiter, an enterprise recruiter, and a Microsoft recruiter specifically about their systems. And each had slightly different answers. So I'm just like, wow, even I'm confused now. So the thing that I recalled or I recognized from all of them was keywords matter, keywords matter, use Word, really look at that profile when you set it up and don't go through it very quickly. Actually think about what you're doing and research the company and research the um, applicant tracking system. So I learned that. And apply online to positions that you're qualified for. If you want to try to get in somewhere where you don't have the qualifications, you can try and network in. But if you're applying online and you don't have the qualifications, mm-hmm. it's just not worth it. Yeah, that's called post and pray method. The post and pray when you don't have the qualifications, it really doesn't work very well. It, your resume needs to be tailored to the job or the industry and or industry, and it needs to match the job posting. In the words of the Disney recruiter, I spent a long time writing that job posting. I know what I want. I know what we need. Please talk to me about those skills that you have. Yeah. I don't care that you like cats. <laughs> so as I said at the beginning, if you did take that Resume Writing Academy webinar that we did a few years ago, it is still really current. People will write to me and say, it was in 2015. Is it current? Yes, because Cheryl was on top of her stuff back then, and she still is. However, we'll be sending you an updated um cheat sheet our ATS guidelines we will update Mm -hmm. and um, get those out to you so if you purchase those or purchase the webinar we'll get those out to you and we're going to jump over to the career thought leaders Facebook page and do a little short uh, Facebook live so if you're on here live and you want to jump over to the career thought leaders Facebook page and join us live and ask any further questions I'm happy to answer those and pass any on that I get that I can answer to Cheryl and of course we'll be right back here again next week on the Career Confidant. Until then, thank you so much, Cheryl, and all of you out there doing the great work that you do. Keep it up and keep helping people get jobs. We'll see you here next week on the Career Confidant. Thank you for listening to The Career Confidant. Marie Zimanoff will return again with another terrific guest next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Be sure to join us then.